Welcome to the Doc Wasserman Show. So thankful that you joined us today. We're getting ready to get started. Uh, man, it's just a pleasure to have you here today. I'm going to reset here for just a second, and then we're going to get rolling. Uh, you go ahead and start jumping on here. Man, and we've already got several that are already on here with us. I'm going to set up here just a second to let you enjoy some of this good music, all right? <laughs> feel like, hey, man, uh, life is uh, worth living, right? Uh, Untangled, good to see you today. Uh, I'm giving Untangled our sarcasm award. Uh, this person, uh, uh, I've not got to meet them personally, I don't think, but uh, they are, uh, they're special. And, and I don't mean in the derogatory sense. I mean, in the positive sense. Billy Harrison, good to see you today. Norm, uh, good to see you today. And man, good to have you guys. Uh, PBG6, uh, PBGF6, uh, boy, that's some small writing. Um, but anyway, you can find us uh, at docwashburnshow.com. Hey, D, good to see you join us today. Uh, you, you can catch us at Twitter and Facebook at Doc Washburn Show. Man, we're just so thankful to have you today. Shirley, good to see you today. Uh, hope you're feeling better. Uh, profile none. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, just good to see everybody coming in. And, uh, man, it's got a great day. It's a beautiful day outside. Well, it's a little gray. Uh, I'm in the famous blue couch. Um, uh, studios right here in suburbia, uh, capital city of, uh, of Arkansas and Little Rock and, uh, just in, uh, enjoying my time with you. Doc is doing better. Uh, he and Peggy both. Peggy's, uh, I think, you know, recovered probably, uh, more completely than Doc. Uh, but just, uh, some cough and, and things, uh, that makes it tough to be on the air. And so, uh, appreciate all the prayers and, uh, and it's certainly working and, uh, ivermectin and hydrochloroquine and those good things, uh, certainly didn't hurt as well. Uh, but, uh, that's faith and works working together, right? And, uh, man, we're just, we're glad to have you. Uh, got a question for you today as we, uh, mow through everything. Uh, I, I'd like to ask you, uh, and, and I'd love to see your, I'd love to see your response. Uh, who is the nicest celebrity that you ever met? Who's the nicest celebrity you ever met? Um, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that, kind of weave that through the show today. I think it's fascinating. People who have achieved some sense of, uh, success and, and yet they're pretty grounded. Uh, I've got a story for you. Uh, and if you've got one, we'd love to, love to hear that. 
Uh, uh, D, I don't think so. D was asking, does Doc know where he uh, became sick? And I, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Ah, oh, it's good coffee. It's an eight o'clock coffee. It's good stuff. Uh, but it's, um, man, it's wonderful to have you. Uh, we're brought to you by some great advertisers. Uh, we've got Red River Your Way. Uh, we've got uh, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, TurnMyPowerOn.com, uh, and then the Justice, uh, Justin Minton Law Firm, uh, com is uh, joining our ranks. And, uh, man, we're excited about that. Uh, Stephanie, so good to see you, uh, joining today, uh, getting on here with us. Uh, make sure you like this and share it with somebody, uh, and let them know. Um, and so let us know about the uh, nicest celebrity that you ever met. Uh, I bet somebody out there is going to say, I'm just going to take a guess, Tracy Bird. I don't know why, I don't even know why that name came up. I, I don't, I know of one song that Tracy Bird in these, you know, fairly famous, um, but, uh, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court too. We're not going to just talk about Tracy Bird and the nicest celebrity you ever met. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a lot of, a lot of good things. This is a totally different show. You're not, you're going to hear some things here uh, that you're not going to hear on those, certainly not on Fox News or, uh, any of those that claim to be conservative. Uh, <clears throat> There we go. Uh, JM or J, JMJ Bullet played Monroe on Too Close for Comfort. It was in Spaceballs. So as a ni- untangled said, that was the nicest celebrity, uh, that, uh, untangled has met. So, um, I, I, a lot of times I'm, I'm not real keen or, or real familiar with a lot of stars, especially, uh, Tracy Bird tops them all. Uh, if you don't drink, don't drive to the watermelon crawl. <laughs> hey, Cartoon Steve, good to see you joining us here today. Uh, Maxwell Blade. Uh, so Maxwell Blade, uh, tell me who Maxwell Blade is. I'm not sure I know. Uh, I want you today as we're, we're kind of weaving through this, we're going to, we're going to have some fun with this. Uh, who's your favorite celebrity? Um, uh, hey, Cartoon Steve, man, that's, uh, several days in a row. I know several of you have been on here every day, but, uh, Cartoon Steve's name just kind of sticks out. And so I, I, I recognize him when he comes in. Untangle's been here two days in a row. Several of you, many, most of you have. Uh, so, but I'm very, very thankful for you. Uh, <clears throat> I want to, I want to talk to you today, uh, about the, uh, I, I termed it, in fact, it's a, it's an article that I'm working on, the Wizards of SCOTUS. And uh, obviously, hey, hum, good to see you. Um, uh, SCOTUS, uh, is, um, short for, or an acronym for Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court, uh, of the United States. Yes, Supreme Court of the United States. Um, and so, there's this, um, and, and I'm going to say we as um, even conservatives, we bought into this. You know, if you don't know any better, if you've done something for so long, and that's what I love about Doc. And, and by the way, I miss him today. I'm Donnie Copen. You can find me at 
uh, on Twitter at Donnie Copeland, on Gab at Donnie Copeland. I'm sitting in for the one and only Doc Washburn uh, today and probably tomorrow. He just got a nagging cough and he didn't want to come on the air and uh, have to hit the cough button, you know, 4,400 times. And so he's, he's doing much better. Very thankful for your prayers. Uh, but just wants to get over this cough and get his strength up a little bit more. And so uh, I'm just thankful to be here with you today. Uh, and so, uh, of course, we, we do this live stream at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. Uh, and uh, the, the show will be uh, available uh, as soon as the show's over on podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. As soon as the show's over, we upload it and uh, you're ready to. Uh, listen to it at work or wherever you may be in the car uh, via Bluetooth or whatever. So, uh, but anyway, uh, this this whole premise of the uh, the Supreme Court and and how we've come to re- uh, take the same Supreme Court as being quite honestly uh, much much more um, important than it is. Uh, in fact, it has not just become uh, <clears throat> imported, it, it's become the, the centerpiece. Think about it. Think about, go back as far as Clarence Thomas. Oh, by the way, uh, I think it was, let me double check here. I, I want to give proper credit here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Murray, Rothbard, 1776, uh, uh, was talking about, I believe it was him. Uh, he had a, another great, uh, another great, uh, tweet. And, uh, but he was saying, you know, if, if, uh, Joe Biden is so intent on, uh, putting someone or nominating someone of color on the Supreme Court, uh, he needs to be reminded of how hard he fought against Clarence, Clarence Thomas. And you think about how long ago that's been, uh, that Clarence Thomas was nominated and subsequently after, what a uh, nomination. It was just a disaster. Um, and, uh, and how they tried their best to smear him. But we, we have been fixated on the Supreme Court for literally that long. That's how long we have been fixated on the Supreme Court. And would it surprise you today, uh, to know, uh, that the Supreme Court for the founders was never intended to be as powerful as it is. In fact, I would submit to you today, uh, that the Supreme Court, uh, has, has definitely the, the, the three, two or three, uh, most made, the three major pieces of, uh, social fabric are the three, uh, things or three issues. Let me put it that way. The three issues that have been, um, you know, brought to bear and have been imposed on the American people has uh, been not through the legislature. It has been the Supreme Court. Uh, and I, I'll give you those one by one. Uh, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade couldn't have passed the legislature, the House and the Senate, uh, back then. It, it's, le- it's less popular with constituents today. Uh, now, the left is real loud on it, but, but the majority of Americans uh, are not for abortion. Uh, and that's turned over the years, uh, due to a lot of great work by a lot of great people. Uh, but that was never a law. It was never, it was, it was the Supreme Court, uh, just imposed that on states. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that here, uh, about the, 
the relationship with states. And so um, uh, another one, Roe v. Wade is one. Uh, the other is Obamacare. Uh, the, the Constitution was clear about interstate commerce. And uh, while this, l- l- let me back up, that law was uh, passed, uh, but it was unconstitutional, unconstitutional in its uh, content and how it was passed and how it was imposed upon individual states uh, uh, via the um, Commerce Clause. And so, uh, but you, what did the Supreme Court do? They imposed their will upon the people. Uh, and so we, we've seen this with Roe v. Wade. We've seen this with gay marriage. Gay marriage, I hate to say it, but it probably would uh, would pass today um, uh, in the legislature just because uh, it's it's the moral fabric of America, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and, and I've got thoughts there uh, that I, I, I'll uh, I'll share with you as well and that you won't hear anywhere else, uh, by the way. Um, but uh, those are the three things is Roe v. Wade, uh, Obamacare uh, on appeal, uh, which was passed by the legislature. Uh, and so uh, we find uh, so many times that uh, it, it, you know, and then lastly, uh, we have uh, gay marriage uh, that was, uh, you know, uh, which was not passed. Obamacare was passed uh Gay marriage was not passed. Uh, so, uh, you see these being imposed. Well, the founders, uh, were adamant that, uh, the, um, the Supreme Court was not to have this kind of power. They were adamant that they were not to be able to, to just impose their will. In fact, they saw the potential for this. There was a couple of things they did. And I found a great piece, uh, on her- at the Heritage. Uh, that I thought was it was really really good um, that I wanted to share with you and kind of how the the founders uh, had this guard against um, uh, judicial or Supreme Court supremacy uh, no pun intended there uh, and so the the American contemporary understanding of judicial power uh, heritage says is inconsistent with the argument put forth. Uh, are forward by Hamilton and Madison in the Federalist Papers. Uh, although the Federalist affirms the power of judicial review uh, and hence the role of the judiciary as a check on the other branches, it does not present this as the first and most important function of the courts. In fact, it's uh, moreover, the Federalists did not support the vast implications of judicial review as including the power to decide the great moral issues of the time and to adjust the Constitution to trends in public opinion. That's exactly what's happening. Well, uh, gay marriage gets popular, so the Supreme Court says, oh, well, we don't want to riot, so let's, uh, you know, let's impose this on the people. But that should be done, uh, through, uh, the Max said, hanging Chad Bush presidency imposed. Hey, um, that's really something that should have been done through, probably not through the, through the courts, but through, uh, maybe through, uh, the, the constitutional things laid out in the, uh, uh, you know, in the constitution. Um, so let's look at some key takeaways in this heritage, uh, without getting too far in the weeds here. Hey, Josh, good to see you, buddy. Uh, also, Ab, uh, ABGHTMN, good to see you here today. 
Uh, the Federalists understand the judicial power is significantly more uh, circumscribed than is understood by many Americans today. Listen, the Supreme Court was to be a referee. It was to make sure that someone wasn't breaking the rules. It was it, it was actually put there to make sure that uh, 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 legislation like the um, uh, Obamacare not be shoved down people's throat and, and rammed through the legisl- legislature. It was to be a, a referee. The original account of ju- judicial power uh, uh, is more consistent with Republican self-government and the sovereignty of the American people, not the sovereignty of the Congress, not the uh, sovereignty of the Supreme Court or, or even the executive branch. Uh, Congress uh, may rightly discipline the judiciary by impeaching and removing from office judges who abuse that judicial power. And so we see these as, and, and that would be unheard of. If, if you tried today uh, to uh, impeach a, a Supreme Court justice, especially uh, Kagan or Sotomayor or, or even Clarence Thomas, let's be honest, uh, man, people would just, I mean, they would just melt down and, and just, you know, uh, but in reality, the founders never uh, intended on that ever. Uh, there's a great piece over at the Federalist, uh, about how to reduce the Supreme Court's power without judicial term limits. Uh, and the, uh, the founders were not for judicial term limits for the Supreme Court. And here's why. Uh, because the same thing can happen. See, you, you, you gotta look at it in the context of where the founders were coming from. They were coming from a, tyr- a, a, a tyranny, uh, based government, a government that had become very tyrannical, uh, a monarchy, uh, that, that ruled with an iron fist and, uh, basically, uh, leaders did what they wanted to do. And so, uh, you know, they were trying to find this balance, this checks and balances that we hear a lot about. And so that uh, uh, that's so very important. So they were not for the limit to Supreme Court uh, terms as far as uh, how long they served. They they were for lifetime appointments. The reason for that was you you know if you didn't like a certain Supreme Court justice and he kept undermining uh, your legislation that you tried to ram through, then. Uh, you couldn't just, you know, knock him off, basically. Uh, and so uh, there was this, uh, if you look at the Constitution, you look at the Declaration of Independence, it is a divinely inspired, not, not on the, not on the level of the Bible, obviously. The, the Bible is, is the eternal, uh, map for you and I, uh, to go from this world to the next. Uh, but, but man, uh, I, I think in, 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 God's infinite wisdom, he saw the uh, positive effect that America could have. And, and those founders, uh, although they were not perfect by any stretch, uh, they were divinely inspired uh, to, to write the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Just the genius, pure genius. They were very smart men, uh, but, but this goes beyond just human genius. Uh, hey, Grandmama, good to see you today. I'm thankful that you have joined us. Uh, make sure you like and share this. Let people know uh, that you're uh, listening to the Doc Washburn Show. Doc will be back with us hopefully uh, Monday. I think we've both decided he uh, or he decided that he's going to just uh, play it safe and try to come back Monday when his cough is better. Um, 
But we're talking about this hand wringing about the Supreme Court. And the reason I titled this segment uh, The Wizards of SCOTUS is we've got this idea about the Supreme Court. And man, we, we see this and it sounds so ominous and it sounds like it's so, uh, just, uh, you know, important. And, uh, and, and, and again, there is importance of the Supreme Court. Please don't get me wrong. I'm talking about it from a constitutional standpoint that the founders, uh, actually, while the other branches of government, uh, were, were to be co-equal and, and, and be able to push and pull against one another. The, 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 the judiciary, the Supreme Court especially, uh, the whole judiciary was to have equal power, but the Supreme Court specifically was never meant to be as powerful as it is. So, with that being said, we're sitting here wringing our hands. We've been wringing our hands since Clarence Thomas. Every time a, a Supreme Court justice uh, retires or every time a Supreme Court justice, uh, passes away, man, we, we go into panic mode, liberals and conservatives, but we are conservatives and we need to take a step back. We need to look at the constitution. See what we've done. We've accepted the premise that the Supreme Court is the most important body, uh, body politic uh, in these United States, and it's simply not true. We've heard the booming voice. We've seen uh, all the pomp and circumstance. Uh, but what we need to do today is look behind the curtain, and what we'll see constitutionally is uh, what uh, Dorothy and the Tin Man uh, and uh, the, the the Cowardly Lion uh, and and the and the Scarecrow saw behind the curtain. And that is a, uh, an institution that, that is much smaller constitutionally than it seems to be. And it's not nearly. We need to look behind, uh, this facade of, oh no, who's, who's gonna take buyer's place? Who, you know, what's gonna happen? And we need to start rejecting the premise of the supreme importance of the Supreme Court and start getting uh, a constitutional look at uh, the realities uh, of the Supreme Court. Uh, let me let me talk about just for a moment in this uh, article by Kyle Salmon, uh, and I didn't give credit earlier on the heritage uh, piece, and I'll go back and, and catch that. Uh, but this uh, piece by Kyle Salmon uh, over at thefederalist.com uh, is 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 really really uh, enlightening. Uh, and, and he starts out by saying, you know, lifetime tenure is constitutional. We talked about that. Uh, they, they wanted that to, to be in there. Uh, but here, here's a fascinating one. And that is, is this, uh, is that the, the judiciary originally was designed, uh, the federal judiciary on three levels of courts. Okay. And we know that. And we know there's three levels of courts. Uh, but, uh, the there were only two levels of judges. All right, let me say that again. Look how genius this is. So there was three levels of courts, uh, but only two levels of judges. Uh, let me read this paragraph for you. As originally designed, the, fidu- uh, the federal judiciary had three levels of courts, but only two levels of judges. The middle level was a collection of circuit courts staffed by district court judges and Supreme Court judges 
in mixed panels. When their regular courts were not in session, the judges and justices would ride circuit, in quotations, traveling around their designated region as a court of appeals. So the uh, the uh, appellate, appellate court uh, was not a third branch of judges, but actually you took district judges, you took Supreme Court justices, mixed those together and made a um, appellate court. Uh, I'm going to tell you several things this did, and this article is just, it's, it's genius. It says, so instead of this long summer vacation that current Supreme Court justices enjoy, uh, early Supreme Court justices worked the whole year round uh, like n- any other normal adult. From the beginning, they hated it. Bumpy roads, crummy lodging, a long time away from their homes and families, war on the justices. Moreover, in those days, the job was not considered especially prestigious or high paying. As a result, many justices got, justices got tired of the grind and after several years, they quit. And so, you know, you don't always have to fire somebody. You don't always have to limit their, uh, <laughs> their term. Uh, what you do is you make it to where it's not so comfortable, uh, and you keep it, uh, like it was intended to be from the very beginning. Hey, G. Campbell, uh, good to see you, man. G. Campbell, man, uh, thank you for the like there. Uh, as Joshua uh, Glick noted in his comprehensive article on the subject, uh, circuit writing transformed the justice, justices into Republican schoolmasters who brought federal authority and national political views to the states. Equally important, this is genius. These were the founders. This is what the Supreme Court actually should look like. So instead of you and I sitting here wringing our hands going, oh no, who's going to be the next Supreme Court justice and holding your breath if, if Clarence Thomas gets a cold. Uh, and I love Clarence Thomas, by the way. Uh, equally important, circuit writing enhanced the justice's ability to contribute to the formation of national law by exposing them to the, to the local political sentiments and legal practices. So you see the genius of this? You have the Supreme Court justices. For those of you that joined us late, uh, the, the founders designed three levels of judges, district, uh, appellate, uh, and, and supreme. Uh, and, and, but only two levels of, of three courts, two levels of judges. And the appellate court was a combination of district judges and Supreme Court justices. And, uh, see what you did, you had the federal, the, the, uh, federalism coming into the states, a, a taste of it. Uh, and then conversely, you had the Supreme Court justices sitting out in Podunk, uh, you know, hearing a case. Hey, Steve, good to see you, buddy. So, uh, you, you had these Supreme Court, uh, uh, or, or these Supreme Court justices out in Podunk and they're seeing how real people live, not in a bubble in DC. And so, uh, then the grind of, of av- actually having to, uh, ride the circuit as, as you, uh, as we would say, uh, really, really made it, um, uh, you know, something that they didn't want to do forever and ever. Uh, in a 2006 article, uh, Steve Calabresi, uh, Calabresi and David Presser uh, proposed a modest restoration of circuit writing. 
just four weeks a year during what is now the justice's uh, entire summer vacation, given the length of the course recess, an even longer circuit could easily be possible with still plenty of time for vacation. Combine this with a larger court, it would allow one justice for each circuit, as used to be the case. The connection between justices and circuits might encourage a return to geographic diversity on the court. And another old tradition that has fallen by the way since the circuit writing days. They would actually, uh, they would consider geography when they would appoint or nominate a new Supreme Court justice because they wouldn't want a Supreme Court justice on one side of the United States having to ride his buggy or horse, uh, you know, uh, to the other side. So geography was huge. Uh, but as uh, Calabrese and Presser noted, uh, it's undoubtedly, uncon- uh, undoubtedly constitutional. The court ruled as, uh, uh, as, uh, as much in 1803 and spent the next century riding circuit. Also retired Supreme Court justices, uh, still do it occasionally, including as recently as 2013 when Senator Day O'Connor sat with the Ninth Circuit. And so we see, uh, there's, uh, th- there's no legal op- uh, objections. There's no practical op- uh, objections. Uh, and it would really, hey, uh, Grandma, Grandmama, uh, thank you for liking the show. Uh, so we see uh, here that there is uh, this, uh, there's a lot of, of ingenuity and creativity, I think, that can be had uh, in making the uh, Supreme Court uh, much more constitutional and not this uh, referee and this uh, grand poopah of, of what we do as a nation. And so uh, I want to encourage you in, in your coffee shop visits and your beauty shop visits and uh, golf outings and shopping outings. Uh, when people are talking about, oh, I wonder who the next Supreme Court justice is going to be. Uh, I want I want to encourage you. Hey, uh, Kenneth Wallace, good to see you, buddy. Um, uh, I, I want to encourage you uh, to to to. Reject the premise of the all-knowing, all-Supreme Court justice and get the Supreme Court uh, and start uh, uh, talking to congressmen and senators about uh, limiting the power uh, of the Supreme Court, not, not by a constitutional uh, amendment, uh, but rather by implementing the things that the founders started out with to begin with, and that is uh, using these Supreme Court justices uh, on the appellate level and mixing them in and making their jobs, uh, you know, a uh, 10 or 11 month a year job instead of a uh, nine month a year job. Uh, and, and it would probably cause people to, uh, quite honestly, uh, to to not hang on quite as long. Also, uh, I think we need uh, congressmen, uh, and we need we need we need House members and Senate members that when uh, a Supreme Court justice oversteps, that they are uh, they are to challenge that. Uh, and so, uh, Kenneth is exactly right. Con- Congress has had the power of the purse to limit the power of the courts. Uh, but of course, they never use it. Obviously, they uh, they they've gone they they've accepted. Hey, Nate, good to see you join us today. They've obviously accepted this premise of the all-knowing, all-seeing Supreme Court, and they allow them 
to pass laws, uh, legislate from the bench, things like Roe v. Wade, things like gay marriage. Uh, and, and here's the thing about uh, things like uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, abortion, things uh, like, I, I think uh, abortion is, is, is different. And I'll explain why in just a moment. Um, but, but gay marriage, if, listen, if California wants to have gay marriage, knock yourself out. And if you want to live in California and, uh, and, uh, that, that's what you want, uh, and that's how the founders saw it. Uh, and, and, and so if you didn't like it, you could move to Florida, you could move to Texas, you could move to Arkansas, you could do, uh, whatever you wanted to do. Um, uh, and so these, as Reagan called them, these laboratories of democracy, which are states, uh, would be a place where uh, you say, you know what, that's not that's not our values. That's not what we want. Uh, that's not how we want to live. That's not the influence we want uh, over our children. However, I will say this, uh, and and I'm probably going to strike a chord here with some folks, uh, but I think it it has to be said, and that is, uh, man, we can we can come out hard against uh, gay marriage, and we can be really hard on that. Uh, and especially, and I'm talking now from a church uh, level, and not be as hard on adultery. Uh, and, and, and in the Bible, both are uh, sexual sin, both are grievous to God. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we've got to make sure that we're not treating one uh, immorality different than we do another immorality. Uh, and so it's so important uh, that, you know, we are, uh, constitutionally, we're solid, biblically, that we're solid. Uh, but, but I want you, and, and I want me to stop accepting this false premise of the all-knowing, all-seeing, um, uh, uh, SCOTUS, our Supreme Court of the United States, uh, and get it, get it back to where, uh, it is supposed to be. But that all goes back to what I want to talk to you about. Uh, a little bit later in the show, and that is we need leadership in the Congress. We need leadership in the House uh, that will do this. I'm not talking about, you know, doing things unconstitutional to limit the uh, Supreme Court. I'm talking about using uh, the Constitution, using the power of the purse, as Kenny said, using uh, the tools that are are in the Constitution uh, to uh, to limit the power of the Supreme Court and say, no, you're not going to pass abortion law. That's the legislature's job. Uh, and if you do that, if, and if you continue, we're going to censure you. If you do that, if you continue, we're going to impeach you uh, and have a nice life. And so, uh, but we need leadership. And I'm going to tell you that leadership is not Kevin McCarthy. That leadership is not uh, Mitch McConnell. I can tell you that. Uh, and so we, we have to have, hey, right thing, good to see you today. Uh, we have to have leaders, uh, that will, as Kenny said, uh, use the power of the purse to limit the powers of the courts. Uh, we don't just see this in the Supreme Court. Listen, the Supreme Court is the, probably the most visible, uh, evidence of this. But it is the entire, uh, while the Supreme Court is a part of one of the branches of government, the, we have the same problem in the administrative state. And we saw this, uh, Trump did a masterful job. I don't know if he even meant to, uh, just, but the vitriol 
uh, toward him uh, made it come to the service. And that is the, the, the biggest issue besides the overreach of the Supreme Court is this, uh, just Goliath and, 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 and total menacing, uh, entity called the, the administrative state and all these bureaucracies that are passing laws, the EPA and, uh, uh, and the labor department, all in education department or department of ed and all these that are, uh, administrative states. And you've got the Fauci's of the world, uh, that have more power, uh, than people who are elected uh, officials. You got Fauci, uh, given mask mandates and you got Fauci given vaccine mandates. And this stuff has got to stop. And, and, uh, you know, wh- where it stops, it stops with uh, a house, uh, a speaker. It, it, it stops with a Senate majority leader and it starts, uh, stops, uh, with a, a president. Will, that will say, no, you're not doing this. You know, get back over in the corner, uh, and, you know, do some bean counting, but you're not going to be legislating. And so, uh, we need, uh, people, uh, we need people like Conrad Reynolds right here in Arkansas. We need people like Robbie Starbuck in the Nashville area, uh, that are running for Congress to replace people like French Hill, to replace people, uh, like Liz Cheney. Uh, up in, uh, Montana, uh, that, uh, or is it Wyoming? Which, whichever one it is, uh, Kenny can tell me. Uh, Wyoming, I'm sorry. Um, and so, uh, we need people that will, uh, think and they will, uh, they will do the work that is needed to be done and, and do it constitutionally. Is this difficult? Absolutely it's difficult. Uh, is it gonna be the long play? Absolutely it's gonna be the long play. Uh, but if we, we, we have to start somewhere, we have to start somewhere. Uh, and, and where we start, we start with rejecting the premise. You know, I, I think about, uh, I live in a suburban, uh, area of, uh, uh, the capital city, uh, here in Arkansas, Little Rock. I live in North Little Rock. And then in North Little Rock, we have, it's kind of unique. I've lived in several different states. Uh, and, and it's not unique to every, uh, city. Uh, but we have these massive neighborhoods and each neighborhood and where I live, there's several, uh, there's, you know, uh, Lakewood and Overbrook and Indian Hills and Levy. These are these different areas of one, uh, town. Uh, and there, you know, there's several, couple, probably a couple thousand houses, uh, in each one and each one has their own pool and has their own clubhouse. I've never been in the pool. My wife's never been in the pool. Our kids are all grown. Uh, never been to the clubhouse. But it's nice for people who have children, and I get it. And, you know, we could take the grandkids over there if we wanted. Uh, but we have something called a, um, a homeowners association. You have that in, in every neighborhood all over. You guys have that wherever you are if you, you don't live out in the country. Um, and, and the homeowners association generally their main job is to collect that two or three hundred bucks a year they collect from you for homeowners dues and that keeps up the pool and keeps up the clubhouse. But then you have some homeowner associations like over in Frisco, uh, where my niece and nephew live. Um, you know, they're probably measuring the, the grass to see how tall it is. And when you put a new storage building in your back, they're wanting to make sure it, it architecturally lines up. And I get you know, trying to keep the integrity of a neighborhood. Uh, but we've all heard the horror stories 
of these homeowners associations that just went off, you know, just went crazy and, and just imposing all kind of things. And, you know, the president of the homeowner association thinks, you know, they are, you know, the, you know, God's gift to, to humanity and just totally out of control because that's not what a homeowners association is supposed to be. Uh, well, so it is with the Supreme Court. And so as long as you let them measure your blades of grass, as long as you allow them uh, to tell you that you've got to power wash your uh, sidewalk, you know, uh, twice a year or whatever that seems to be uh, over and above what it should be, uh, then you're going to keep getting it. And so we have to, just like you have to do the homeowner association, you have to do with uh, the... Uh, you have to do with the Supreme Court. You have to start with rejecting the premise. So when you go back to work today after lunch, I said, I wonder who's going to be the next Supreme Court justice. So, you know, I'm, I'm more worried about who's going to be the next uh, Senate majority leader. I'm more worried about who's going to be the next Speaker of the House or who's going to be the next president. And they're going to limit uh, the, the power uh, that the Supreme Court has, not limit their power constitutionally, uh, but make sure that it is limited to the Constitution and not extra constitutional. Uh, so uh, I, I hope uh, we start rejecting this premise. Uh, I hope we start rejecting this this idea that it has to be that way. Another uh, another premise I want you to reject is that uh, you have to buy a car uh, from the two or three dealerships right there in your area. And maybe you had a bad experience with one of them. Maybe one of them really, you know, just really did you wrong. Maybe it was the, the, the service, uh, was, was not, uh, what you envisioned. Uh, well, I tell you what, uh, about six months ago when Doc was, you know, fired from his job and, and we were like, man, what's going to happen? And, uh, you know, Doc and I were just good friends. We were not, uh, you know, we were not business partners or anything like that. And, uh, and, and, and so all of a sudden, you know, they told him, said, look, if you don't get, if you don't get this vaccination, <clears throat> we're gonna, we're gonna let you go. And he didn't get the vaccination. Uh, and so, uh, he's sitting at home and we're talking about, hey, and I got with a couple of buddies and said, man, let's, let's, let's do a podcast. Let's, let's keep Doc rolling, man. He's too, he's too good. Uh, he's too valuable. We got to keep him. We got to keep him going. And uh, and so, uh, lo and behold, the phone rings and it's uh, Mitch Ward at Red River Your Way, this great big uh, network of car dealerships that started in Arkansas. And uh, this young guy, man, sharp and and uh, but super super uh, conservative and liberty minded. And he said, Doc, man, I heard you got fired. And he said, man, I want to advertise. Uh, he said, I heard you're going to start a podcast. I want to advertise with you. And that, that's how it started with Red River Your Way. We started right there and we, and, and Doc being Doc, you know, he said, man, I, I can't take your money. And, you know, we're going to be national. We're going to be all over the, uh, you know, the world, not just national. We're going to be international. And, and, you know, and I know you've got all these car dealerships and, and Mitch said, no, no, no. He said, he said, Doc, he said, we sell all over the United States. He said, man, he said, you've heard of these other ones that have the car vending machines. You heard of these other ones that'll bring your car on a truck, uh, you know, and that's, they sell all online. 
He said, well, yeah, we have car dealerships all over the place. We are nationwide. And, uh, and he said, really? He said, yeah, it's called redriveryourway.com, redriveryourway.com. So we look it up right there and we go, wow. And he goes, yeah, I want to, I want to, uh, join with you guys. And so, uh, not only can you, you can go to redriveryourway.com and listen, um, I, I want you to give them a shot and I want you to tell them, Hey, Doc Washburn sent me. I've sent two people in the last couple of days that called or emailed in and said, you know, what was that place again? And I thank you so much for doing that because what that does, this guy's standing for liberty. Oh, by the way, he pulled, uh, most, if not all of his advertising from, uh, Cumulus Media and he, and he told them why. He said, listen, what you did was not right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going with Doc. And, uh, and so I, I think that's so powerful. And I understand that you have to do what's best for your family. I understand you have to get good value. You have to, it has to be a car that you want. But I'm telling you, these people can find any car you want. Uh, they can help you. Uh, they have all kinds of dealerships. They have all kinds of great, um, uh, used cars as well. Uh, they can really, really, uh, help you. And, uh, they have a great tool on their website at redriveryourway.com. And on that website, you can go in, you can put in what kind of, what price car you want. Uh, you can get approval, finance and approval right there. You can see what your payment's going to be. Uh, they can value your trade in. Uh, you can get appraisal right there on the, uh, on the spot and they'll take your car on trade in. Uh, it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful way to buy a car. It is the, the new way to buy a car. And so I want to I want to encourage you today to support our friends at RedRiverYourWay.com. They are uh, wonderful, wonderful people. Hey, who is the nicest celebrity you ever met? Uh, somebody said, uh, let me scroll back down. I wasn't totally familiar uh, with some of these. Uh, Tracy Bird. Uh, I, I am familiar with Tracy Bird. He's the legendary country singer. Uh, watermelon crawl and uh, something about uh, the drinking bone or, or something like that. JMJ Bullock uh, played Monroe on Too Close for Comfort and was in Spaceball. So that was, he, here's my story. I took my boys, they were younger, and I took them to, uh, we were living in Sherman, which is north of Dallas, about 40 minutes north of, uh, about 30 minutes north of McKinney, the northernmost suburb. And, uh, about an hour to downtown, about an hour and 20 minutes over to Arlington. So we would drive over there, uh, to Arlington pretty often and go to the, uh, to the Rangers. And we're there one day and it's pretty warm, seems like, and we're having a great time. We're sitting actually under the kind of the, the canopy thing and uh, just enjoying, you know, and having snacks, hot dogs and, uh, popcorn and all that good things that you enjoy at a, at a baseball game. And, uh, there's a guy sitting in front of us and man, uh, you know, he's, he's cheering like we are and we're having a great time. And, uh, seventh inning comes around and everybody stands up to stretch and, uh, he's sitting right in front of us and he stands up and he turns around, says, Hey, how are you doing? And I, I recognized his voice instantly. It was Charlie Pride. And, <laughs> and I shook his hand. I said, man, uh, I says, and I didn't want to, you know, who's Charlie Pride? And I was like, man, it's so good to see you, man. And he goes, man, uh, I said, do you live close? He said, well, I live, and I think he lived like in Tyler or somewhere. Uh, Charles Hames could tell us where he lived. He's a, 
are probably Doc. Doc and Charles Bolt are music savants or uh, biographical savants when it comes to music. And uh, But he was just the nicest guy. He he turned around and spoke to me and just so nice. And it was really, really, uh, it was really cool. It was a a neat, neat uh, experience. And uh, I'll uh, I'll always remember that. And so uh, I don't know who the nicest celebrity you've ever met. Uh, and maybe you've never met one. Uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, met uh, Dolly Parton. He was at a uh, a parade, and uh, she was getting ready to get on the uh, on the uh, float. And he's standing there, he and his wife, and he said, "Man, we're just sitting there." He said, "We can't speak because we're sitting there." And there's uh, there's Dolly Parton, and uh, he said she turned around, just the sweetest voice, said, "Hey y'all, how y'all doing?" And they 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 were still stuttering and. She said, well, I better get on this float and get out of here and get on the float. And, and, and that's not hard to Mel Block. Oh, cool. Cartoon Steve met Mel Block. Uh, he seemed like a, 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 a neat guy. He just seemed like a unassuming, uh, fella. That, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. Uh, hey, profile none. Uh, the dudes, uh, the dude Sean, man, good to see you back as well. Uh, boy, we got a good group uh, joining on here. Uh, uh, you, I'm Donnie Copeland. I'm sitting in for Doc Washburn, and uh, uh, you can catch me at Twitter and Gab at Donnie Copeland. And uh, we're talking about the nicest celebrity we ever met uh, when we took a just uh, uh, D-Max had never met Dolly Parton, but she appears to be very down to earth. She, from all uh, accounts, she is. She's just the sweetest thing, but she certainly seems to be. I agree. Um, but um, uh, my boys who are, have a band, Knox Hamilton, and, uh, they, they travel a lot. And actually, I think they met, they were doing a video and they met, um, Judge Reinhold, you know, the close talker in Seinfeld. He actually lives here, uh, in, uh, he actually lives here in, uh, Little Rock. And they met him over in the Heights. They were filming, uh, for their, one of their songs called The Heights. Uh, they were over there filming, if I remember that story right, and they met Judge Reinhold and uh, said he was so nice. He wasn't a close talker. Uh, and uh, if you've not seen that, you need to look up. Uh, just uh, Google uh, close talker on Seinfeld. And uh, anyway, he was the nicest guy. And he, and, and he said, he asked him what they were doing. They told him, he said, oh, man, I'm fans of you guys. I listen to you all the time. And uh, anyway, and they just came back talking about how nice of a guy he was. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so we got Charlie Pride. We got uh, uh, Bullock. We've got uh, Dolly Parton. We've got uh, Charlie Pride. We've got Mel Blanc. Uh, I hope I didn't miss, uh, miss any. Uh, Untangled Thread had some, and I keep uh, – because she gave me like two initials, three initials. Uh, but anyway, if you have some more there, uh, go ahead uh yeah Reinhold also was in Beverly Hills Cop I think his first thing he was in was uh uh oh the uh, anyway is one of those movies I wouldn't watch but it was one of those uh Fast Times at Ridgemont High yeah that was that was it I think that was where he uh, got his start uh so anyway who is the nicest celebrity you've met uh so we talked about the Wizards of SCOTUS how we need to quit um you know quit accepting this premise uh, that SCOTUSes are the end-all, be-all. Uh, 
And so also I want today, I want to talk about something that's really, in my opinion, is uh, super, uh, super um, disturbing. And that is uh, over at the Federalists, uh, they were, uh, they had a story on the Federalists. I don't see it now. Um, and, and maybe you can, you can find, I know you can find it if you will, uh, just Google, uh, but, uh, the, how half of Democrats in a poll said that they would, uh, they would be for putting people unvaccinated in camps. Folks, this is how far we have digressed in society. Um, but hey, uh, it, it, it was Democrats that put people in camps before. So, uh, I guess that's just a thing with them. You know, just like the mask and Antifa, uh, the mask and the KKK, that's just kind of a Democratic Party thing, I guess. I guess camps is just kind of a, uh, is one of their deals, one of their things, you know. Uh, but, but think about that. You know, think about it from this context. And here's how I think about it a lot of times. You know, um, okay, I, I, I didn't get the vaccination, but I don't, I, I don't have any strong or, uh, negative feelings toward people who get the vaccination. Um, and, and yet I'm a, you know, just a pariah to people who have had the vaccination and, uh, I don't have it. So, you know, uh, it's just amazing. I was, uh, a friend of mine was in, I, I want to say Nashville, uh, and he was at an Airbnb and, uh, you know, he, he'd been there two or three days and I think it was just he and his kids and they had taken a little trip and kind of to get away. And I think his wife was maybe traveling somewhere else or whatever. And, uh, and so he'd had this Airbnb, rented it from this really sweet elderly lady and said maybe it was just a really nice place in one of the, one of those really cool neighborhoods in Nashville. And man, they're just having a blast. And, and, uh, and he said, you know, he said, we, we're getting ready to leave and, uh, you know, we're going to leave that afternoon. He said, we're already packed up. And the lady called and just want to make sure how everything went and, or maybe she dropped by. And I uh, just want to make sure how everything went and was everything pleasing to you. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. We love the place. And she said, oh, by the way, she said, uh, uh, you know, you all are vaccinated, right? I mean, they've been there three days and she didn't bother to ask, you know, the first three days. And he said, no, ma'am, we're not. He said, we, we didn't get vaccinated. And, and he said she didn't. It wasn't a debate. It wasn't a well, why not. It was get out of my house right now. She's standing in the house. They've been there three days. Uh, she's already taken their money. Uh, that's not lost on me either. Um, and, and he's like, ma'am, he said, I got my three kids, you know, and he said, I, you know, we, we're, we're not due to be, at, I don't care. Get out of my house. Get out of my house right now. Uh, you know, and, and just, just went berserk. Uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh always said that liberalism is a mental disease and I am convinced of that. Because it's void of all common sense. It's void of anything that resembles, uh, sane thinking. Uh, you know, take Neil Young as a great example. Neil Young is, uh, you know, a, a great example of this in that the, the cancel culture canceled him. 
you know, he has six million streams on, and I know he probably doesn't need the money, but he has six million uh, followers, monthly followers on Spotify. And he, you know, he, he throws down the gauntlet to Spotify and says, either you remove Joe Rogan or you remove me. So Spotify removes him. Uh, and so, uh, somebody said, uh, oh no, no I'm going to save that because it's the tweet of the day. So I'll, I'll save that. So, but, but my whole point is this, and, and I'm talking about the article over the Federalist, uh, about, uh, over half of Democrats polled said they would be for, uh, putting unvaccinated people in camps, uh, quotations. Uh, so, uh, Good grief. Oh, by the way, uh, this is what, can somebody help me? I'm thinking this is like day, we're approaching day 400. We're like day 390, uh, uh, that the, we still have hundreds of people incarcerated as a re- result of January the 6th. Why drug kingpins are out on bail. Why mass murderers are out on, uh, bail. Why, uh, Terrorists are out on bail. Uh, we have American citizens that are approaching 400 days incarcerated, some of them for 117, 120 days in solitary, solitary confinement, uh, for breaking and entering, uh, and so, uh, or for unlawful entry, whatever you want to call it. And so, uh, on this show, we're going to do everything we can. Doc is great about having Julie Kelly on to remind you, pick up her book, January the January 6th, um, and how the left is using January the 6th to wage war, a, a domestic uh, a domestic uh, terrorism type war on the right. Um, but we, we're going to keep this in front of you. I don't want to forget these people. Uh, I asked Conrad Reynolds, uh, when we were talking about his candidacy against French Hill here in Arkansas for the U.S. Congress. And I asked him, I said, you know, would you, uh, you know, would you support the January 6th, uh, you know, uh, detainees? And he said, he said, I'm, he said, I'm going to go there on a regular basis, uh, and say, you know, uh, this is wrong. And he said, I'm going to fight, you know, on the floor. I'm going to fight everywhere I can on the House floor, uh, for these detainees. It's wrong. Uh, it's inhumane. It, it's totally contrary uh, to our way of uh, crime and punishment, and uh, and so I, I think it's imperative that we keep this uh, in front of uh, you, the listener. And so uh, I don't know about you, but I find this uh, very, very disturbing uh, that uh, the, these people can still be caught up here and can still be incarcerated, have no, uh, even any, uh, chance of getting bail, uh, because, uh, because basically they're Trump supporters. That's the, that's the bottom line. And so, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's so, so very, uh, important that we keep them, uh, in, in, in front of, uh, all of you and, and the nation, quite honestly. And man, I wish we had more Marjorie Greens. We had more, uh, Thomas Massey's. Uh, we had more Matt Gates, uh, that would, uh, do this as, uh, as well, uh, like these people are doing it. Um, Richard Grinnell says, take the mask off. This is ridiculous. It isn't science, man. That's so true. Um, 
And so uh, it, it is so important that we uh, we just make up our minds that, hey, we, we are going to stand for what is right. We're going to do what uh, is right for America. Uh, we're going to do what uh, is important. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to reset here. Uh, we're going to start our next seg- segment here in just a second. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, don't forget, we're, we're still going to talk about the nicest celebrity you've ever met. Uh, we're also going to talk about GOP gear, gearing up to win back the Senate. And uh, my question is, why? For what? You're not going to do anything, not, if, not unless we get some new leadership. We'll be back in just a second. Uh, got a little bit of this riveting music for you, and uh, we'll reset and get started, all right? Good stuff right there. Now, uh, that's 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 riveting music, right? <laughs> to join us, and uh, thank you for all of you that are online with us. Man, it's awesome to have you on this beautiful Thursday, uh, and uh, we're just we're just really really uh, thankful to uh, to have you here. Uh, the midterms are looking good. Uh, the the polls are out. I saw some of the. Uh, best polls I've seen is that, uh, uh, Liz Cheney is, is down by 30 or 40 points in, uh, in her race. I think that's probably, uh, one of the, you know, one of the best things that uh, I've seen in a while. Uh, but, uh, I, th- I think it was Laura Loomer was at a, uh, fundraiser or a organiza- organizing deal for the congressional campaign committee and uh, she asked the question hey why are, why aren't you guys campaigning against uh, a Liz Cheney and uh, I don't know if she got an answer but I can tell you uh and that is yeah G Campbell said Conrad will do what's right I agree 100% um and that's Conrad Reynolds running for the US Congress against French Hill here in Arkansas um is because the, the leadership doesn't want it. The leadership, I, I tweeted out today, I said, you know, the uh, Hollywood and rhinos are, are both, uh, you know, have a lot of great actors. The only difference in the two uh, is that there are actually a few uh, Hollywood uh, actors, a few Hollywood actresses that are actually conservative. There are no conservative rhinos. Um, and so... Uh, you know, all this pomp and circumstance, all this chest beating, all this, you know, uh, what we're going to do about sco- uh, the the Supreme Court nomination, uh, the, all this posturing, you know, uh, and then Fox News gives this, you know, gives them this platform to go on there and Lindsey Graham can talk so tough. I mean, did you see his, did you see his, uh, 
uh, act or, or maybe it wasn't an act, uh, uh, during the Kavanaugh hearings. And man, he was so passionate. And now I look back and I see the way Kavanaugh votes and I was like, well, no wonder he was fighting so hard for him. Uh, but it's just, it, it's, it's, listen, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I actually respect a Democrat who says what they are, runs on what they are, and then legislates uh, like they legislate. Then I, then I do these rhinos, uh, who pretend to be conservative. They get so conservative, uh, once in an election cycle. Soon as it's over, they start doing, uh, you know, the same old, same old. And so, yeah, the GOP's gearing up to win back the Senate. For what? I saw, a, a, a something, and I believe it was from the, G, it was, it was from the GOP. And it was talking about, um, Purdue. And it was talking about, um, uh, oh, uh, I, I can't think now. Somebody help me out here. Uh, the, oh, Kemp, the governor of Georgia. Uh, and, and never mentioned Vernon Johnson. Never, not one time. Vernon Johnson is the, uh, yeah, Vernon Johnson is the, he is the rock star of, of the GOP in Georgia. He is the, the person, uh, that, that people in Georgia, the GOP is just going nuts for. But you know who the, you know who the, uh, the rhinos, the establishment love, they love the Kemp's. They love the, uh, you know, the, the Purdue's. They, they love these people that, uh, that say one thing and then vote another way. They can't stand the Thomas Masseys. They can't stand the, uh, Marjorie Green Taylors. They can't stand the Matt Gates. Uh, those are the uh, pariahs. Those are the, you know, the diseases of the, you know, of the, of the right in their mind. But, but in reality, that those, uh, are the people that will actually stand for us. Those are the people that will actually fight for us. And so after a while, what happens is you, you as a uh, voter, uh, you say, you know, what's the use? And then they can't figure out why, uh, turnout can, can be down. As long as you have a Donald Trump, Long as you have some, uh, you know, uh, some of these, uh, great, uh, uh, hey, poison, good to see you today. Uh, long as you have some of these people that will actually can move the needle, can, uh, they, they get it, they understand what the real issues are, uh, then, uh, you know, th- they're going to turn out for them. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I just, I refuse to vote for rhinos. I'll, I'll skip over. I won't vote in a race where it's a rhino, uh, and a Democrat. I'll just skip over it. I'm not, I'm not going to vote for them. And somebody said, well, it's, it's, it's worse to vote for the Democrat. And that was the argument in, in Georgia. You know, well, it's worse to vote for the Democrat. Is it? Is it really? Uh, it, it, you know, it's kind of like, uh, SCOTUS. Is it really? Uh, Amy, uh, uh, Coney Barrett, is, is it really worse to have a liberal on there? Is it really worse than Kavanaugh? Uh, yeah, will, will they sometimes, uh, vote right, uh, possibly, uh, on abortion, possibly? Um, but man, you sure can't depend on them when it comes to defending, uh, January 6th, uh, detainees. You sure can't depend on when it comes to mass mandates. You sure can't uh, depend on 
uh, them upholding the Constitution. Uh, hey, Cisco, good to see you. Uh, when it comes to uh, supporting citizens out there uh, that are uh, doing their best to push back on this gov- government tyranny. Uh, and so, uh, you know, man, we need people that reflect our values, not pro- professional politicians, not professional uh, politicians that are just, you know, making uh, money. Hey, Mike, good to see you today. Uh, and so it is, it is so important, I believe, uh, that we get, uh, men and, and women in there. Uh, Brennan, good to see you today. Uh, that, that are doing their best to help, uh, America and, uh, and, and will move the needle. And, and some would say, and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Some would say, well, I wish, I wish he didn't say this or he didn't say that. Uh, but listen, you have to fight these people, uh, these people are out to destroy us. Rush Limbaugh made this so clear, and this is something that rhinos still don't get, and that is Republicans, establishment Republicans are trying to get along. They're trying to be stately. They're trying to be diplomatic, and Democrats are systematically trying to destroy you. They're trying to destroy your reputation, trying to destroy your family. They're trying to uh, make you obsolete, and, and Rush said until Republicans – uh, take on the same mentality and say, look, uh, I'm not trying to uh, just uh, win you over. I'm not trying to win the debate. I- I'm trying to politically destroy you, to wipe you off the face of the earth. Uh, and that should be our goal. And if you have a candidate that is wanting to go along and get along, you've got a, uh, a candidate that wants to reach across the aisle uh, you know, what you're doing, you're fighting somebody, the Democratic Party, who has broken off a Coke bottle and coming at you uh, with it. And, and you've got your thesaurus and your dictionary out, excuse me, as a rhino. And you're trying your best to, um, you know, trying to reason with them. Listen, you cannot. Hey, Isaac, good to see you today. Um, you cannot reason with the unreasonable. And so that's why we need the Thomas Masseys. That's why we need uh, the Conrad Reynolds. That's why we need the Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene. Uh, that's why we need uh, these people in Congress. That's why we need people, uh, the Matt Gateses, uh, that, that will fight for liberty, that will stand in front of the, uh, the detention center where the January 6th uh, detainees are being held and hold press conferences. Uh, and, and guess what Mitch McConnell's doing? He's over there clutching his pearls. Uh, you know, where is, uh, where's Kevin McCarthy? He's clutching his pearls. Uh, but oh man, you know, give them a few weeks and they're going to start talking tough. We got to secure the border. Listen, you're, you haven't done anything. You're not going to do anything. Uh, because, uh, corporate America doesn't want you to do anything. Uh, listen, there's a reason. That for 35 years, 40 years, wages uh, did not keep up uh, with with inflation until Donald Trump. You know why? Because you it's, it's called supply and demand. Uh, anybody that took an entry level course of economics uh, or just read it out of a book uh, or just has some common sense knows uh, the principle of, of supply and demand. And that is when you flood the market with labor, 
then you can get labor cheaper. And that's what these major corporations are banking on. They, they want to flood the market with labor. That's why the Chamber of Commerce, listen, one of the most anti-liberty organizations on the face of the planet is the Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, and the uh, uh, state-level chambers of commerce. When I ran against uh, Jane English for uh, the state Senate here, she was a sitting Republican, longtime uh, incumbent Republican who voted for the expansion of Medicare, Obama Medicare into the state of Arkansas. And I, 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 I uh, introduced legislation to end it uh, because they, the governor here, Hutchinson, uh, said we're ending it. And he just renamed it and, and thought it was so cute what he did. So I, I actually introduced legislation to actually end it. And they fought me like a saber-toothed tiger. I went to the committee and uh, my own committee members, uh, save just one or two, fought me like a saber-toothed tiger. Um, the governor's office fought me. Uh, because they they knew that I was actually uh, going to, uh, if, if I had get, got this passed, I would end it. And they wouldn't get all this federal money that was pouring into the state. Well, guess who fought me when I ran against Jane English, uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Arkansas. And uh, one of their uh, minions, you know, even told me, uh, he laughed about it. As I was walking through the Capitol, he said, well, we got you. And, uh, and, uh, I said, yeah, I said, you know, uh, so much for you guys being for uh, the little guy and being for uh, small business and being for businesses. I said, you know, you dropped 10 grand on my race to defeat me. And he laughed. said, we didn't drop 10 grand. We dropped 20. And uh, and that's what you're dealing with. That's what uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor is dealing with. That's what uh, Thomas Massey is dealing with. That's what Conrad Reynolds is dealing with. Uh, uh, that's what uh, these great patriots uh, are dealing with. They're fighting the machine. Uh, and uh, that's why that Donald Trump was so hated uh, because he wasn't for the machine. He wasn't for uh, the corporate greed. Uh, I, I, I'm going to tell you something else, and, and, and I didn't plan on going here today, uh, but I'm going to tell you uh, the reason I think establishment Republicans and all of Democrats are the reason, and Democrats love it, by the way, are the reason uh, that young people um, in in society. Uh, DMac wants to to call in. All right, DMac, let me let me try. Uh, let me give that another try. Let me see if I can get you. Go ahead and call in. Let me see if I can get you in here. Uh, but um, uh, pop that up again, request a call in. I'll see if I can't get you in here. But the reason that young people have this jaded idea about, uh, of capitalism is because they've not ever seen capitalism. Capitalism is not uh, the, the government being in bed with uh, uh, corporations and passing laws or regulations that uh, that favors one car company over another or one uh, industry over another or one player in an industry over another uh, because they've got lobbyists and because they have the money that they can lobby and get a bill passed so that you got to have so many employees to be able to do these jobs and so it cuts out the little guy um you know and and what what young people have seen they've seen uh the 
the small restaurants. They've seen the small mom and pop stores. They've seen the uh, small places uh, not be in you know, be shut down because of mask mandates, because of whatever. And Target is still open, and Walmart is still open. Uh, and and so uh, this 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 whole idea uh, that you know uh, you know capitalism is greed. Uh, no, crony capitalism is greed. Uh, but true capitalism is the greatest uh, thing uh, going for uh, a uh, a society. Uh, and and if you want to see true capitalism, then you look at a a small business or even a mid-sized business that is not uh, gaining business uh, by uh, stacking the deck through the, through the lobbying continuum uh, on the state and federal level. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we've, we've uh, th- or they have, not we, uh, through their lobbying and through their corporate greed, they've created this system of, of crony capitalism uh, that is not capitalism at all. Capitalism is not greed. Capitalism says we're going to offer a better product at a better price. Uh, the, 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 the sole motivation behind capitalists is the better mousetrap. I can give you a better mousetrap at a cheaper price. Uh, and people say, I, they say, I want that. But guess what? The, uh, big, uh, acne, uh, mousetrap company does. They go to the, uh, you know, to, to their lobbyists and say, Hey, lobby a law that, uh, mousetraps have to have this component and they have to have this and they can't have this and they can't have this. And so they create this law to where, uh, this mousetrap is not allowed, uh, in society, uh, and is regulated out. And so you keep the competition out. Uh, that's what happens. And that's not capitalism. Capitalism is put your mousetrap against my mousetrap and let's see who wins. But that's not what we have right now. And so, um, a lot of young people, uh, are, are seeing that. And, and there's a reason, uh, Donald Trump believed in capitalism. Donald Trump believed in workers, uh, wages growing. Uh, and, and Donald Trump knew that when you had this mass, uh, entrance of, of immigrants, and you're flooding the market with immigrants. You're lowering wages because you have more supply than you do demand. And, uh, and so that's why wages stayed stagnant. Everybody's walking around scratching their head. Uh, and, and, and I, you know who I blame as much or more than anybody is unions because you know what unions did? Unions, uh, if you go back and you look at unions, uh, 30 years ago, uh, they were making great money and, and their wages d- did not grow. Uh, with inflation. Uh, and you know what they did? Uh, they, they, uh, were bought off by the politicians. And what they did is, you know, they said, you know what? If you give us campaign money, if you help us get this, if you help us do that, uh, we'll look the other way. Well, you know what a union is for? A union is there to protect the workers, but they didn't protect the workers. They protect them. They protected themselves. Uh, and so do politicians, politicians, they protect themselves, uh, with the Chamber of Commerce and with these, uh, different groups. And so, uh, it, it is so important, uh, that we, we see and we, uh, we are, uh, educate ourselves and what's going on and what's happening. So we go back to the question. 
the, the question is, the GOP is gearing up to win back the Senate. Okay, so what are you going to do? Uh, tell me what you're going to do. Mitch McConnell, what are you going to do? Um, nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, there's a there's a story, and I thought of it last night when I was typing up show prep for today. GOP is going to win back the Senate. Uh, what's that for? Well, there's a joke about two little boys, and uh, they go to completely different types of churches, and uh, they made this deal. They're going to both go to each other's church, and so the one who is not familiar with this type of church at all, and then the choir gets up to sing, and he asks the little boy. Uh, beside him, he goes, man, what, uh, what's all those people in those robes? He said, oh, that's the choir. So what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to sing. He said, man, that's, that's awesome. And then, uh, he saw these guys all come down to the front and they had, you know, uh, pans and he goes, man, what's those pans for? He said, oh, that's the ushers. They're going to take the offering and, you know, put your offering in there. And he goes, oh, that, that's cool. And, uh, you know, all through the service, he was asking questions like this. So the preacher gets up to preach. And he gets up there and lays his Bible out and he makes this big, you know, to do about taking his wristwatch off. And he takes it off and he lays it beside his Bible. And the little boy leans over and says, what was that for? And the the little boy that that was his church said, uh, he said, what does that mean? And he goes, that means absolutely nothing. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, so it is with uh, this, this, we're going to win back the Senate and we're going to take back America uh, listen, I'm 60 years old and I've been hearing that, uh, the closest we've ever had, uh, to, to any type of, uh, real action in either, uh, of the bodies, uh, of, of the, of the legislature, the House or the Senate, uh, was when Newt Gingrich was, uh, the Speaker of the House and we had the contract with America. But listen, we need new leadership. You need to ask people that you're supporting, who do you support for leadership? Um, here's a question, and I, uh, I, I'm going to look this up while I'm, uh, while we're talking here. Uh, but you know who I, I've not heard of in a while? And, and I'm not, uh, I'm not really sure, uh, if it's just I hadn't been paying attention. Uh, but I hadn't heard much out of the, the Freedom Caucus in a while. Uh, and, uh, I just wonder what's, what's going on with them and what's, what's happening with them. Um, and so I'm, uh, let me see here. Freedom Caucus, House Freedom. Here we go. House Freedom Fund. Elect strong conservative candidates to Congress. Um, uh, oh, let's see. We got, okay. Uh, yeah, we got Yvette Harrell, uh, New Mexico. We got Lauren uh, Bobert. We got Scott Perry. Uh, Alex Mooney, Eric Burleson, uh, Anna Luna, uh, Luna, Mary Miller, Chris, Christian Collins. Um, so some pretty good, uh, actually pretty great, uh, candidates there. Uh, and, and, uh, but the Freedom Caucus, you know, um, your, your legislator go, goes to the, uh, your congressman goes to the legislature and, uh, man, I'm going to go fight for you and I'm going to stand. I'm going to do things different than has ever been done. We well, join the Freedom Caucus. Oh, no, I can't join that. Why? Well, that's not the cool kids table. Uh, folks, let me tell you something. When you go to the legislature, uh, pretty quickly, you have all these lunches. Every day you have a lunch. Every night you have something that you can go to. There's some event that you can go to every single night. I think I went to maybe two events 
uh, in my two years in the house. Uh, I would go to lunch pretty often because it was right there close to the grounds just across the way. Uh, but here's the thing. The legislature, uh, and, and I don't know because I've not been in the federal uh, Congress, uh, the U.S. Congress, but but I've been in a state uh, Congress, and it's like being in high school. And if you don't do what everybody else is doing, if you don't uh, do it the way everybody else does it, uh, you know what happens. Hey, Adam, good to see you, buddy. Hey, Flash, good to see you. Uh, and if you don't vote the way everybody else wants you to vote, if you don't go along to get along, uh, you can't sit at the cool kids table. You don't, you don't get, uh, plum, uh, you know, committee invites. You don't get invited to chit chat in the governor's office. You know, I never one time, uh, very, very regularly three or four, uh, legislators would be invited up to the governor's office for just for a little chit chat, you know, a little coffee, just a little talk. And, uh, he'd lean on a little bit about this or that. I never got an invitation. There's a handful of us never got an invitation. We never got, uh, invited up there. Uh, I did get invited one time, uh, to the governor's house, uh, the, the governor's mansion, uh, and not the big massive ballroom downstairs, but the, the private, uh, uh, area where the governor and, and the first lady, uh, dine. And I did get invited with seven other legislators to their private dining area for dinner one evening. And the whole reason was we were on the eve of the, uh, vote for, uh, accepting Obamacare Medicaid expansion under a, uh, another name of, uh, um, uh, America, uh, Arkansas Works. Uh, but it, all it was was a rebranding. Uh, and so the, the whole reason for the dinner was to, to talk us out of voting against it. And so I told somebody, you know, I said, I'm going to go to the dinner, but I, you know, and I'll eat the steak and, and I'll eat the lobster, uh, and, and look around and, and get to, you know, eat in the governor's mansion, but I'm still voting no. And so when we got there that night, uh, we're all standing around and there was place cards and the governor's on one end, the first lady's on the other end, and there's four uh, chairs on one side and there's four chairs on the other side. So it's a, like what a 10, uh, 10 chair, 10 space, uh, 10 seating, uh, seat, uh, seats there, uh, for, uh, dinner. And, uh, my name plate was right beside the governor, right on the end. And, uh, and we get ready to sit down. He said, well, let's say grace. And, you know, somebody said grace. And and he said, well, let's sit down. He goes, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, there's been a mistake. And he takes my place card up. And he goes, I, I didn't want this one here. And he moves me down uh, away from him. And uh, and and so it was like, uh, okay, I, I saw that on West Wing. Jed Bartlett did the same thing one time, you know. And I was like, really? That, that's supposed to, you know, make me feel bad or whatever. And the steak was great and whatever else we had was great. I ate it and I went back the next day and voted no. Uh, but th- there's these intimidation tactics and there's these silly games and these, you know, uh, you know, man, we really need you here. And uh, man, you got a bright future. Uh, and man, that, you know, they'd really like to see you here. And then you see things happen like, um, uh, you see this uh, guy that, you know, changes his vote all of a sudden 
And he didn't get a greasy paper bag full of money. No, you know what happens? Uh, his wife uh, just magically gets a job in state government. And, you know, she's never made over thirty or $40,000 in her life. Hey, jo- Joanna, good to see you. Flash, good to see you. Adam, good to see you. Uh, and she's never made over 30 or 40 grand in her life. And all of a sudden she's making 80, 90 K, uh, working in the state agency. And this guy changed his vote. Uh, and, and it's like, wow, you know, I, I think I may have just witnessed something untoward happening right there. Uh, if I didn't know any better. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's how the sausage is made. That's, that's how it happens. And, uh, and, and, you know, we, we fought, uh, in the, in the legislature and, uh, you know, uh, we have in, in Arkansas, we have, uh, I think it's seven, I believe it's seven constitutional officers, um, are, and that's statewide constitutional officers. They're statewide elected. And, um, and, and so, uh, you know, we, <clears throat> we, we're in the fight of our life for Obamacare Medicaid expansion. And so the state treasurer, the state land commissioner, our commissioner of lands, the state uh, uh, auditor, uh, the lieutenant governor, uh, the uh, let's say you have the governor. You have uh, I, I can't think of who the other ones are um, right off the top of my head. Oh, attorney general. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm expecting these people to come out and say, hey, I'm against Obamacare Medicaid expansion. And somebody said, well, that's not, you know, they're not in the legislative branch. That's not what their job is. Yeah, but you were elected by the people of Arkansas. You need to stand with the people of Arkansas. So I've been telling guys that are running for, you know, some of these uh, statewide races. I said, look, you got a bully pulpit. And when there's legislation that is conservative and, uh, your, your legislators are in the fight of their life. You use that bully pulpit. You stand up and you say, look, this is the right thing. This is what the people of Arkansas, the voters of Arkansas, this is what they want. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something else people want. People want health care uh, that is affordable and is effective. Uh, I, I, for one, am a person that uh, I, my wife and I have had, you know, really good health care. We've had really not good health care, uh, but man, we're in a good place right now. We had Cadillac health care for years. We didn't have any. We paid everything out of pocket. All three of our kids, we paid for all three of our sons when they were born. We paid that out of our own pocket um, and, and didn't have insurance. And God just blessed us with good health and never had any major things happen. And then later when I was elected to the legislature, had a Cadillac plan that was, you know, pretty much entirely paid for by the state. I paid a little bit, but you know, that on the open market, that plan is probably a thousand bucks a month. And I may have paid a couple of hundred dollars a month for that plan. When I left the legislature, um, I, um, I, I, I couldn't just could not afford the Cobra plan from the legislature. And then I couldn't, um, I couldn't afford the open, the plans I'd gotten older. And then, you know, we're looking at twelve, fifteen hundred dollars for uh, a decent plan. Uh, Kathy, good to see you today. Uh, thank you, Flash, for liking the show. Uh, go ahead and like and share and, and let people know we're on here. We're going to be on here another 30 minutes or so. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling. I'm looking. And so I finally got a, one of the Christian healthcare, Christian healthcare sharing type plans. 
and uh, we used it a few times. It 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 didn't pay, but it wasn't their fault because uh, we did have pre-existing conditions, uh, and and it was not. Uh, it, they were very uh, serious, but it wasn't anything like life threatening or anything. And uh, and so they didn't pay. So we paid two or three thousand dollars out of our pocket. You've paid uh, forever. You paid you know huge deductibles. You paid three or four thousand deductibles. Did not get sick the rest of the year. Then at the end of the year, your deductible starts all over, and you're just you know paying thousands of dollars out in premiums plus deductibles for doctors' visits and all this. Uh, and so, man, I, I'm paying 450 bucks, something like that, a month for this uh, Christian healthcare sharing thing for the for my wife and I. And then uh, Doc and I met with the people at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, and uh, and I was like, man, this is uh, you know, this is phenomenal. Uh, I'm a uh, th- this sounds like something I'd like, and I kept thinking about it. I, I you know, I'd, I'd like to uh, delve into it. And I forgot about it. I'm still paying that 450 bucks a month to the Christian Health uh, Care uh, Sharing Plan. And then one day I'm listening to Doc. I'm listening to the podcast, and uh, and and he's talking about you know no deductible uh, uh, or low deductible, low or no copays. A lot of times you actually get money back because they negotiate uh, terms so well with providers. And I'm like, man, I need to just call these people. So I I got on myfamilyhealthplan.com. I got a hold of somebody over there and uh, we went through it. And I think I actually was privileged to actually get Art, uh, the owner of the company. And um, we, we talked and, uh, and because I had this relationship with Doc, I was able to talk with him. And, uh, spent maybe 20, 30 minutes max on the phone. I think it was about 20 minutes. Uh, and man, I got a better plan. I, I got, you know, low deductibles, uh, n- no copays, uh, free, uh, uh, healthcare checks or free, uh, doctor visits, uh, all for, I think about a hundred bucks a month less than what I was paying. And I was just thrilled. We've not uh, had to use it. We've had it now for several months, but man, I am so, uh, so uh, thankful for myfamilyhealthplan.com. Go over there. Tell them the Dot Washburn show sent you. Tell them over at Red River Your Way, uh, com that we sent you. The Dot Washburn show sent you. Um, and uh, check out myfamilyhealthplan.com. You're going to love it. Go on their website. Read the testimonials. Uh, you're going to really, really enjoy uh, what you see there. Uh, uh, so l- let me let me um, uh, switch gears here just a moment, uh, and I want to I want to give you the the tweet of the day, uh, and it is uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> So let me let me set it up for you, okay? Tweet of the day is brought to you by Red, by RedRiverYourWay.com. RedRiverYourWay.com. Uh, it's a huge dealership right here in the middle uh, of the United States. Ships cars all over the United States. Go to RedRiverYourWay.com and uh, uh, look up, find the car you want, make the deal right there. Call them if you don't find what you want. And they'll ship it to you uh, right to your doorstep. Uh, 
And so our tweet of the day is brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Uh, but to give you a little context about the tweet of the day today, you heard about uh, Neil Young, the old curmudgeon uh, singer, uh, you know, ultra, ultra liberal, uh, who uh, threatened Spotify and said, <laughs> said uh, either you take me down or take Joe Rogan down. And uh, and so Spotify took him at his word. They took him down. And so Bill Fish, uh, that's Billy Godfrey nine at, at Twitter. Billy Godfrey nine at Twitter said uh, Joe Rogan should play a different Neil Young song at the beginning of every show. <laughs> oh, Joe Rogan should play a different Neil Young song at the beginning of every show. So Joe Rogan playing Neil Young bumper music, uh, with, uh, with his show would be just pure genius. I love it. I love it. So that's your tweet of the day by Red River, uh, yourway.com. And, uh, so hope you'll check them out. Check out, uh, myfamilyhealthplan.com, uh, our, uh, great, uh, sponsors, uh, here. We have a new sponsor coming on as well. Uh, and that is just Justin Minton. Uh, Justin is an attorney. Uh, we actually, uh, just signed the deal and, uh, Justin was actually, uh, a, it's, uh, you can go to justinmintonlaw.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-M-I-N-T-O-N law.com. He's an insurance adjuster who was, uh, who turned and, uh, and became an attorney. Uh, and, uh, man, I met this guy and you, you're going to love him. And so if you've had maybe, uh, an, an, some type of accident, you've had an auto accident, maybe bad faith insurance, you got insurance with one of those, uh, insurance companies and they didn't pay like they promised they were going to, uh, I'm telling you, there's nobody dealing with insurance, uh, in whatever, uh, situation, uh, that can, uh, be better for you than, uh, than uh, Justin Minton at the Minton Law Firm. Personal injury, uh, he can take care of that. Uh, and uh, so you can uh, you can go to justinmintonlaw.com. You're going to be hearing more about him. I just want to give him a plug on here just because he's a new advertiser. We hadn't even uh, formulated his ads yet, but I wanted to just give him a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a shout out here. Just because, uh, he's, he's such a great guy and, uh, just, just really, really, uh, I think you're going to really, really enjoy, uh, working with him. Uh, I want to close out today, uh, with a, um, uh, with a story that is out of Finland. And, uh, man, you talk about disturbing. Uh, this is disturbing. We've seen this not only, uh, there, but we've also seen it over, uh, in, um, in Canada as well. Speaking of Canada, how about the truckers? Uh, man, those guys and Trudeau is just, you know, talking about this little fringe. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, I see, I, I, I see your fringe. Uh, you, you just wait. These guys are patriots and, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm just really, really, uh, just, just really, uh, proud of those guys and we need to support them all that we can. I know there are some, uh, probably uh, uh, some funding and different things that are happening to try to help those guys because what's going to happen is a lot of them they're uh, they're they're going to be uh, 
you know, out of a job uh, more than likely. And so they're they're putting their uh, they're they're actually putting their uh, livelihood on the on the line here. And so I think it's I think it's very, very important uh, that we do our best to uh, to support them. And so uh, I want to I want to encourage you in, in that uh, today um, uh, to in, to support our whether through on social media uh, that we support uh, those that are uh, that are standing up for us and standing up for uh, the uh, li- for liberty. Uh, but there's a there's a super disturbing um, article over at the Federalist. Uh, that I saw and, uh, it was the Finnish government, the Finnish government puts Christianity on trial and calls the Bible hate speech. Uh, folks, uh, we've seen this coming. We knew it was coming. Uh, it's not just coming to America. You got a Democratic party that has taken God out of their platform, uh, as one of the planks of their platform. Uh, you've got uh, anti-God uh, legislators. You've got a, a establishment GOP that won't fight them, that that won't stand up. Uh, it's a bad, bad combination. Uh, two Christian leaders in Finland stood trial in Helsinki uh, on the 24th, uh, so just a couple of days ago, publicly stating the Bible's teachings on sex and marriage. A longtime member of parliament, uh, Pavi uh, Rasanen and Lutheran Bishop Johanna Pahola, I believe, defended in court their decision to write and publish, respectively, a pamphlet explaining Christian teachings about sex and marriage. Um, and uh, in the trial's opening arguments, which will resume on February the 14th, Finnish prosecutors described quotations from the Bible as hate speech. Finland's top prosecutor's office essentially put the Bible on trial an unprecedented move for a secular court, said Paul Coleman, a human rights lawyer with the Alliance Defending Freedom International, who is assisting the Finns' legal defense, and was present during the uh, during Monday's trial. Uh, says never before has a Finnish court had to decide whether quoting the Bible is a crime. Listen to that. Never before has a Finnish court had to decide whether quoting the Bible is a crime. Human rights observers consider this case an important marker for whether Western governments. You get that Western government's uh, persecution of citizens for their speech and beliefs increases. Uh, Coleman said it was very uh, surreal to watch Rassanen, a medical doctor and a pastor's wife, and Pahola, whom the Federalists interviewed in person in November, be grilled by secular prosecutors about the details of Christianity uh, in a secular court. These two Christians had the opportunity to essentially preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in court. Uh, the majority of the day was about the role of the Bible in society. Uh, and so I'm not going to read any more of this, but just suffice to say, listen, we're at a place, uh, in society where I think we have to, we have to really, really know and see that, uh, we're really getting to a place fairly quickly, uh, that, uh, the Bible, if not, uh, outlawed completely, is is definitely uh, you already see it with YouTube censoring speech. Uh, oh, did you see uh, Dan Bongino uh, has been uh, totally uh, taken off of YouTube, uh, and, and that wasn't about the Bible. Uh, I'm sure it had something to do with, uh, and and I I just kind of perused over that. Uh, 
but uh, I'm sure, you know, it was it's probably something to do with the vaccines or or so forth. But bottom line is this. Uh, we're going to see this happening uh, more and more uh, as as as, you know, things get uh, just worse and worse. But but have no fear. Jesus said this in these times, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I've have overcome the world. And so uh, so we we've, we've got to. Uh, we've got to understand, we've got to know uh, that there is uh, perilous times uh, upon us. Uh, but God has always kept us. Uh, you know, he didn't keep the Hebrew children from the fire, but he kept them in the fire. Uh, he didn't keep Noah from the flood, but he kept Noah, preserved Noah through the flood. Uh, he, he didn't, <coughs> excuse me, he didn't keep the uh, children of Israel uh, from a, from a, a lot of the things that they had to go through, but he took them all the way through to Canaan's land. So so it is with us. Uh, somebody said, if God can take you to it, he can take you through it. And so uh, that's where our faith is and our hope uh, that that God is going to be with us because I I just I believe that he is. Um, you know, I, I find this fascinating. You look at this. Um, you look, you look at this, uh, duplicity, uh, in the, uh, in the NBA. Uh, you look at this duplicity in the sports. Sports has become so politicized. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. ESPN has just become a pseudo liberal rag, you know, um, and they backed off a little bit because it was just killing the ratings. Uh, but, you know, the Olympics, uh, we, we got China, you know, NBA, uh, he's talking about justice. The NBA is talking about, uh, you know, social justice and they're, they're, uh, playing games in China, uh, up until the, the COVID, uh, you know, the majority of their, uh, apparel and, and footwear is supplied from China. And, uh, now you have, uh, you know, just the endless promotion, uh, of the Olympics and, uh, you you have good old W uh, that that uh, old George W Bush is promoting uh, uh, the Olympics in China and uh, and and you know everybody talks about uh, you know Trump couldn't get along with people and Trump couldn't do this and Trump couldn't do that uh, but Trump knew like Reagan did the importance of peace through strength and he knew how to talk. To China, he knew how to talk to Russia. Uh, he knew how to, uh, you know, uh, approach China and say, "Look, you know, you." And, and he would use something like, "Right now, if he were in office, uh, and he should be, if he were in office, and he were able, he would, uh, uh, and he were there, uh, he would be leveraging the Olympics uh, to get China to make concessions on human rights." Uh, what does the establishment do? What does the George Bush, uh, the W's do? What does the NBA do? They placate to China. They bow to China. And it's, we just see this over and over. It's like it's just, you know, uh, just unbelievable. Uh, and so we, we have to, you know, you, you have to see what it is. You have to look behind it and see what's going on, uh, and, and what's, what's happening. Um, uh, and so it's so very important, uh, again, 
uh, that we we know what's going on, we see what's going on, and then we take the popular stand. Uh, and, and support companies, support companies like support us here, Red River Your Way and MyFamilyHealthPlan.com uh, and Justice Minton Law and Turn uh, Turn uh, Your Power On.com. Uh, it's so important that we support uh, these type of uh, places uh, in like on a podcast. But it's also important that you support. Uh, footwear companies and apparel companies that stand for America. That's why it's so important uh, when you're buying sheets, when you're buying pillows that you support. And he's not a supporter of our show right now, but Mike Lindell over at My Pillow. Uh, we have to support the people that support liberty. That's the only way we're going to make it. That's why we got to support these truckers. And uh, and so whatever organizations or whatever, uh, however they're being supported, we have to support people that are supporting of this infrastructure of liberty. Listen, uh, liberalism has no problem getting funding from Hollywood and from, uh, you know, uh, big pharma. And so we have to be intentional by supporting, uh, politicians, uh, conservatives, uh, that are, uh, that are going to represent our uh, best interest and the, and, and more importantly, the best interest of America. Uh, and, uh, and so I think it's so, so, uh, very important. Have you been seeing the, uh, the, the stuff going on? I, I don't pay as much attention to it as I should. And the reason I don't, because I get so frustrated. I get tired of seeing the Democrats break the law and nothing happens to them. So I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes don't cover, uh, these, uh, criminal acts as much as I should. Uh, but, uh, one is, uh, Diane Feinstein's husband partly owned a Chinese company that sold spyware to the U.S. military. Go figure. Uh, she had a spy working for her, uh, uh, Senate office. Uh, Schweizer, uh, wrote and said that Pelosi family has done a lot of business in China since the COVID outbreak, uh, but won't allow hearings on virus origins. Man, so many politicians, Republicans and Democrats, but especially Democrats are in so deep with China. No wonder they won't be hard on China. Isn't it amazing that Trump, uh, I'm sure Trump had a lot of interest in China, but man, he, you know, he held their feet to the fire. Uh, uh, there's an article out uh, about uh, Apple uh, hits record iPhone market share in China uh, after a secret deal with the Chinese government. Uh, so, uh, iPhone maker Apple hit a record 23% market share in China, uh, reclaiming its spot as the number one smartphone brand in the country. Uh, okay, so you won't let uh, the police into a phone to find a, 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 what we can find out about a terrorist, uh, but uh, you will uh, take the money from the Chinese government. So, okay, I get it. I understand now. Um, and so, it's just... You know, uh, it is what it is, uh, and uh, it, it's a mess, but it can be fixed. It's, it's a problem, uh, but it's not an insurmountable problem. Uh, are things in a mess? Yes, uh, but they can be uh, fixed. You know what gives me hope, and I'm going to close out here in just a moment. You know what gives me hope about the future? Uh, that is that Israel... Uh, do you realize Israel is the only nation that ceased to exist and uh, then was resurrected uh, 
and after 400, over 400 years not existing, being in slavery and was reinstituted as a nation, as the same nation. There have been nations that ceased to exist, came back as another nation, came back under a different uh, name. But the only nation in history that ceased to exist, who came back to re-exist, was the nation of Israel. And you know why that is? Is because uh, God had promised it, it, it would be. And so uh, I want to encourage you today. It may seem like things are, uh, you know, are hopeless, uh, but there is no such thing as hopeless when it comes to God. And so uh, I, I heard uh, a, a great friend and colleague um, and one of my coworkers uh, at the church that I pastor, uh, uh, speak about, uh, the, the, the makeup of a miracle, the makeup of God turning uh, a mess into a miracle. And, uh, it was the water, God turning the water into wine. And he said, you know, uh, do you think God could have not just taken that empty pot when they drank all the wine? And somebody said, Oh no, we're out of wine. And Mary, the mother of Jesus said, Oh, my, my son, he can turn, you know, he can get us wine. And he said, I'm not, I'm not doing miracles yet. I just, that's, it's not time for that. And she said, just do what he tells you to do. And Jesus, listen to this. Jesus said, okay, get some water, which was filthy in that time. They didn't have filtration and fill those pots up with water. Uh, and, and, uh, we'll go from there. And, and then Jesus turned the water into wine, that filthy water. He turned it into wine. And the wine was such a quality uh, that the head of the feast said, man, usually you, you, you serve the first wine, the best wine first, but y'all save the best wine to the last. Uh, but, but here's the point, uh, that, that Oscar made when he, when he preached this message. He said this. He said, uh, do you think God could have just taken the empty pots and, and, Filled them with wine, sure, but he had man involved in it. And so he used a man to put dirty water in a water pot, and then he turned that water into wine. I think there's a couple of things there. One, he wants us invested in what he's doing. Uh, two, uh, he wants us to get the worth of being involved in what he's doing, and he wants to partner with us. And so uh, these People running for office that are running against these rhinos. We need to put some water in the water pots. We need to help them. Uh, these truckers, we need to help them. Uh, and so uh, if you've got, you know, uh, you see a situation, yes, we pray about it. And yes, we believe that God can work in it. But then we got to do what we can. And when we do what we can, then God will do the things that we cannot do. Uh, maybe your mess is not. Uh, political. Maybe your mess is not family. Maybe your mess is 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 health. And uh, I want to close out the, the show today uh, with a uh, one of our sponsors that our advertisers is probably one of Dot Washburn's all time favorites is because of the difference that this uh, company. Uh, and that is TurnMyPowerOn.com. TurnMyPowerOn.com has made such a difference in Doc and Peggy and their family, uh, both their children. Uh, they have seen just phenomenal, phenomenal work 
as a result of this powerful health-boosting secret that you probably have never heard about. Uh, because it's solely practiced by a very limited number of doctors today. Although you can go to turnmypoweron.com, there's a list, uh, go under the find a doctor tab and you're going to find doctors all over the place, uh, and, uh, hit them up. If you don't have a doctor in your area, they probably can maybe connect you to a doctor. Um, and if you're here in Arkansas, you can go to the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center there in Searcy and man, they do phenomenal work. Uh, the, but it's a powerful health boosting secret you probably never heard of because it's solely practiced by a very limited number of doctors today. Uh, TurnMyPowerOn.com is not widely known across the world. In fact, many patients are surprised and relieved when they first learn of its existence and effectiveness. Developed in the 30s by Dr. P.J. Palmer, uh, Turn My Power On brings patients a more natural approach to the relief of diagnosed conditions and health issues without traditional surgical or medicinal treatments. If you're experiencing pain, symptoms, or have received a diagnosis, uh, refer to uh, their symptoms page at TurnMyPowerOn.com for a list of some of the health problems that can be corrected through TurnMyPowerOn.com. And, man, you're gonna, you, you go there and you look at some of these testimonials. They are powerful of, of the great things that have happened and uh, the great results uh, that has happened as a result of this. So whether it be an injury, whether it be a health issue, go to TurnMyPowerOn.com and uh, let them help you. I think you're going to really, really appreciate it. I'm so thankful today that you've taken the time. Uh, do we have any other celebrities uh, that you guys uh, had there? And I'm sorry, I tried to get uh, one of the calls. I think it was DMAC tried to call in. And, uh, but DMAC, let's try it again tomorrow. Uh, you popped up on there. I did, and it went away before I could, uh, catch it. And so, uh, we're going to sign off here in just a moment. Uh, but, uh, I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that, uh, that listened today. I'm thankful for everybody that's going to listen to the podcast that'll be downloaded right after this is over. And I'm just so thankful that all of you, uh, joined us here today. And you've been a part of what we're doing. Um, we're going to be back here tomorrow, far as I know, uh, right here at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern. Uh, Eastern, And uh, I'll join you. Hey there, uh, Can Boo, uh, Q, Q and Boo, uh, uh, YR, uh, Q something. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you, Glenn, for listening. And I uh, just appreciate you so very much. And uh, it's just a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for everybody. Untangle, we appreciate you. Uh, but I appreciate everybody hanging here with us. Uh, yes, continue. Uh, Grandma says, Grandmama says, continue praying for Doc and Peggy uh, that for, for them to get better. Uh, they are better and feeling better just to get through all the crud and cough and all of that stuff. So thank you so much for joining us. I know you're just longing for more of this good music today. So we'll close out with some of the great music that we've been bringing to you each and every day. I'm going to try to get some more music loaded on here. See you back here tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central and noon Eastern, and we'll do it again, okay? God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye.